Hi guys, it's 1.15 a.m. and I don't go to sleep very early because I'm not working, because I'm not, I don't get sleepy, and this seems to feel like the calmest, safest time of the day. I was thinking about making this podcast just to show a different side of me, not the expert on narcissistic parents and narcissism, but also the person who is, who dealt with it, really dealt with it whose heart was broken, whose childhood was difficult. Where, to the point where I have all these lack, lacks of memory. I know a lot of people say you don't remember a lot of your childhood and I suppose that's true. I was, not to toot my own horn, but a very cute little girl with light brown hair, bangs, and a ponytail or two pigtails. And that little girl had sad eyes from a very young age. I'm actually looking at a picture of myself right now. When I was five. And God knows why my eyes look so sad. But I can tell you this much. There were so many things that I've realized after studying and researching narcissism that were done to me on purpose and were cruel. One of them that I've never really spoke about on my podcast or anywhere is I wanted to be in a play in the third grade. And it was Annie, little orphan Annie. And it was, I believe, just for the third graders. So, the rule was this. They were going to call you up to audition in alphabetical order. And all I remember is that my parents, I was getting anxious because I knew what time they were starting and my maiden name starts with this G. Um, And I knew that it was going to go pretty quick. Right? It wasn't you know, within 45 minutes, they were going to be in the G's. And my parents didn't take me on time. I got there after all of the auditions were over. I didn't get a chance to audition for Annie. I got to see Annie because someone very special to me bought tickets so I could go see it.
Um, I'm the little girl whose mom went to work when she was nine for the first time. And she left me. And I know this story I've told it, but I'm going to tell it with feeling instead of anger. Whose mom went to work for the very first time. And I was left at a neighbor's house for about an hour and a half. Now these neighbors, this neighbor had four children total, but she had two daughters in my age range. And we were playing, right? We were having a good time. And my mother came to pick me up and... I asked her, can I stay? Please let me stay. And from the look on her face, I knew that was the wrong question to ask her. Period. End of story. I knew that she was going to come back. She said, I'll come pick you up in half an hour. And that what was waiting for me wasn't pretty. So, even though I have holes in my past, obviously, I knew at that point, from experience, that she was going to hit me, yell at me, whatever. So, she came back 30 minutes later. I was terrified. She just freaking grabbed me by the arm. And um, I lived in Queens, New York. These people lived in a a full-on building that had like 20 apartments per per floor. It was huge. And we lived in the corner of that street. So it was half a block away where we lived. And that half a block was like the longest half a block I've ever walked in my life. Because I knew what was waiting for me at the end of it. And I was right. She started screaming at me. How dare I? How dare I? Not want, not run to her. And hug her and because I had missed her. Because she hadn't seen her in an hour and a half since I had been released from school. Um, I don't remember specific details. I remember the yelling. I remember me being on my bed in my bedroom and her being in there yelling. And her taking a plastic... And, I, and I'm being honest. And that's my memory that it was a plastic hanger. And beating me with that. With the plastic hanger. And I was... You know that kind of crying. Where you're sobbing so hard you can't breathe. You try to drink a breath and it... It's almost impossible. And then she started saying that. 
Jews having chest pains. I guess due to the non-existent, as it turns out, heart condition. So she dragged me back to that building to another person's apartment who had a blood pressure machine, a cuff and um, the stethoscope to take the blood pressure. Blood pressure is fine as far as I remember. I can't really tell you anything else. I can tell you another story a couple of years after that. We already had moved from Queens. That happened when I was like nine. I was about 11 or 12 when this happened. We moved um, We lived in New York City at this point in Washington Nights. Just so um, you guys are clear that I have a fake name on my podcast because, you know, a lot of you understand you have to hide. It is... And you have to hide not because of fear, but... You think of all the things that a narcissist is capable of doing, dragging you through court and saying that you're, you know, uh, it's defamation of character and that I just don't want to deal with any of that. Um, I'm not Italian. <laughs> My name is Juliet. Uh, I love that name because of a movie based on Romeo and Juliet called... Um, Letters to Juliet with Amanda Seyfried. If you have not seen that movie, see it. It is beautiful. Anyhow. So I was about 11 or 12 and I innocently asked my mother. If a boy were to ask me to go to the movies, could I go innocently? Because on TV you see, you know, little young kids go to the movies with their parents there and And I thought maybe that could happen. All I remember is, again, her losing her mind, going into a rage. And at the end of just telling me that I was a horrible kid, she couldn't take it anymore. She was going to move to Puerto Rico with her best friend. Um... I, if this was, if I was writing a paper, I'd write an asterisk right here, and you would look down and see that the best friend was literally used to be her sister-in-law. That's something I found out uh, when the bomb was dropped that I had three brothers I didn't know existed. So she threatened to leave me. Um, at 12. I can keep on. I can tell you many stories. Um, when I was 13, she brought in a man. Now, we lived in an apartment in New York. It was two bedrooms. She decided it was a friend of the family's. I, to this day, don't know exactly who he was. Growing up, I saw him as family, but he's not family. He wasn't family. So he got really sick, and my mother took 
I had a day bed and he she took the bottom of the day bed, put it in the living room, pretty much made the living room a hospital room. My I know that me and my dad both were not happy because I couldn't be comfortable in my own home and that was the case with several things that she did including putting up a daycare when I was gone for two weeks and when I came back the daycare was running but back to the uh, sick guy um, his problem was intestinal where they had done some surgery and he could literally vomit feces and so that was fun until my dad put his foot down I don't know how long he was there and he said he has to go we can't live like this anymore I can't live like this anymore once in a while my dad put his foot down and and things happened and he was gone and it was such a relief so it was always the threat of either her leaving me Or me being sent away. I was already in an all-girl Catholic high school. And I was still being threatened to be put away at a... um, What do they call those? Um, You're probably all screaming at at whatever the computer, your phone, wherever you're listening to this. Your car. A boarding school. Um, If my grades weren't good enough... I was going to end up in a boarding school. That's how she kept me afraid. Um, I went, uh, that old girl Catholic school actually started in seventh grade and that's when I started. So I did my partially junior high years. I mean, middle school years, junior high in New York. Seventh and eighth grade was junior high. And we did a little celebration. It was a very small amount of girls that were in that junior high. And um, I got a B in social studies because I just, to this day, am not good at social studies. I'm a math English person. Yes, I know one is artsy, one is logical, but those were my strengths. Social studies was not. And when I asked my mom, or I I don't know if I asked her, I just was getting ready to go to the graduation because we didn't have robes or anything. It was just us dressed nicely, you know, fixed up for it. And my mother said, well, you got to be in social studies. I don't know if me and your dad are going to be there. And guess what? They did go. But they weren't there when I was, when I processed in. I was looking for them. These are all things that I suffered in silence. In my 40s is the first time that, number one, I realized what she was doing. And number two, I'm talking about it openly. And and expressing my feelings. This fear of abandonment, which I have carried my entire life with me. I was married to a man I did not really love. And the marriage was awful. 
Now that I'm in a great marriage, I see how awful it was even more. And I still used to ask him if he loved me. I was just afraid he was going to leave, I suppose. And I still feel that way. And I'm a different person from when I met my current husband, I had lost, I, I had done the, what is it, the revenge diet or whatever. It wasn't on purpose. At least I wasn't thinking about my ex. I was more thinking of, well, I'm single again. I better, you know, I had lost a few pounds due to anxiety and I decided I'm going to keep this going. And I lost 65 pounds and I never looked better. In the 13 years I've been married to my husband, I gained all that weight back. Plus, I got Graves' disease, which I know one of the symptoms is losing weight, but some people gain, and that's me. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. And still, my husband loves me, supports me, and wants me. And it's hard for me to just accept it. So, there it is. There is me. The real me. Not the angry me telling you this is how no contact is and this is how you need to do it. I did those things. I did go no contact and didn't turn back. I have been stronger than I thought was possible. But with every step that I took... In this process, there was a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tears. Especially what she did to make me go no contact. The the straw that broke the camel's back, which was, you know, I've said many times, I didn't have electricity because of the hurricane. They got electricity. They didn't tell me. And it was a punishment because I didn't stay at their house during the hurricane. And that was expected of me. I cried. I was in a hotel room for a week. I cried and screamed every day. I don't know how they didn't kick me out of that hotel. I was a mess to the point where I called my psychiatrist in tears. And he they prescribed me something which actually really did its job. A little too well, I will say. It kind of made me very woozy um, but I didn't give a shit about my mom at that moment but it, 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 it was horrible every feeling that all of you have had and I had them too I'm, I'm just stronger for you because I want to give you advice on it I hope this has been an eye opener for you guys and also very validating even though a lot of you thank me I want you to hear and see that I did live it. I'm not just some person. I lived it. And I I have pain that I still have from the past. And things that I have brought with me. Including, you know, having a narcissistic boyfriend. Which I'm grateful I caught on early enough so that he didn't do too much damage. So I know I have a f- new listeners because I've recently found, figured out how to post on Apple. I 
podcast, Apple podcast, and we're getting way more new listeners. So for those new listeners, my Instagram page is where I communicate when I'm going to post a new podcast. I have a lot of posts about narcissistic parents or narcissists in general. Um, and I'd like you to, to join, um, because that's my way of kind of letting you know little tidbits. It's at escaping narcissistic mothers. I know it's long, all one word, no spaces, no nothing. So E S C A P I N G N A R C I S S. I-S-T-I-C-M-O-T-H-E-R-S. It was the first time I've ever spelled it out loud. Um, and follow me because you're, you'll get some tidbits there. You'll, you'll see the, the talking back and forth between the other members. And I'd just love to see you there. So I'm going to end with sending you my peace and my love and my validation because I've been there and I have cried and I have hurt. Love you guys until next time.